Sally Harrison here. Hello, and this is Oliver Braid. And it's all change ah. on the Ellie and Oliver show. Okay, for starters, we're half an hour late. I'm really sorry about that. I don't know if we've got any listeners, but let's hope there's a few listeners out there. There's a few technical hitches that we had to deal with. But there's lots of other changes, which you may have already noticed. There was a new short legs jingle which was specifically, well, referring to the fact that we're not in Glasgow anymore. We are not in Glasgow anymore. We're in a new city. <laughs> we're just right. Um, we're through. We're through to. Through in Edinburgh um, for the art festival. And this is the first of five special broadcasts which are going to be coming live from Edinburgh over the course of Edinburgh Art Festival. So... Oliver, you've picked today's theme, and it's another conceptual one, and you're going to divulge the details now. So, hello, uh, welcome to Ellie and Oliver from Edinburgh. This week, uh, the theme that we've chosen, or I've chosen, is changes. And, um, I mean, I think in a way, the choice is, is quite apparent that, you know, we've changed uh, cities because and we were thinking about it as a holiday and Ellie sort of suggested that we could talk about the idea of holidays. But then I thought an Ellie and Oliver show, I think, works better when the theme is slightly less specific to something. And I think the, the thing that people really like about holidays is the change. And obviously, we've got the quote, a change is as good as a rest. Is that the right? Is that a saying? Changes as good as a holiday. A rest is okay. Well, anyway, changes. But also, yeah. So we're going to try out with uh, a new type of photo. We're going to change the photo format. We're going to change the jingle format. Well, we've changed the jingle format. Apparently, we've changed the time format. But hopefully, we'll be returning to our twelve o'clock slot next week. And we've also changed the venue. We're recording this week. We're supposed to be recording live from the Edinburgh Arts Festival Pavilion. But we're actually in the rich heartland of the art festival. We're um, in the Edinburgh Art Festival office and all the people who work there have gone out and left us. <laughs> and we've locked ourselves into the office. We could go absolutely wild, uh, but we're not going to. The phone um, might ring, actually. Oh yeah, the phone may ring. <laughs> we've been instructed not to answer it, just in case. But also, I think it's nice to talk about change because... Edinburgh as a city, I think, really goes through a massive change every single August. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it is a change because everyone expects it, but you think the way the festival completely takes over the whole street, all the posters, everything, the whole vibe of Edinburgh, I think, is really, really active. Um, yeah. So changes. Here we go. There you go. Anything to say about changes? I've got quite a lot to say. I have got some things to say. Um... This thing, well, when you're talking about holidays, I mean, holidays was quite a naff theme, wasn't it? Let's just face it. And that's why we had to go for this, mm. being a bit better. Um, but yes, I have got quite a few things to say about it, actually. I guess just thinking a bit more conceptually in terms of the radio show, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to de-stress a little, actually, because we did have quite yeah. a major... <laughs> technical setback before we went live on air and I'm just decompressing slightly um, but thinking about the fact that we're here and the fact that there has been this sort of push to reinvent ourselves mm. slightly for the end of context and 
Um, I guess I'd be interested in discussing whether that is always a good idea because the forces of capitalism... Oh, right. <laughs> if we're just to bring back to that. Um, technological dynamism is one of the major forces that drives capitalism forward and it's Mm -hmm. this idea to completely continue to reinvent yourself and to continue to mess with what maybe already is something that works like just obsolescence what is that thing that we use the word planned obsolescence well that yeah that that's an example Mm. of of a way that you can force people into changing yeah and if you look at um my laptop (laughs) which is right in front of me just thinking about it's getting slow and one reason it's getting slow is because all the software is getting updated and you know they actually do things dodgy software company well like microsoft and they actually deliberately put little bugs in so that you have to change and upgrade it's so messed up so So um one thing that i guess um i'm interested in is this idea of i guess the new does that relate to changes and whether the new is actually whether new things or well, when you change things for the better it's actually be- it's actually well, I, th- well I, I do think that's interesting because i think a lot of the time right a, a predominant feature i would say of conversations between the two of us and that have often cropped up on the radio show is actually the benefit of schedules yeah. and so actually keeping things the same or and tr- or trying to work out a way in which keeping things the same would actually help you work better and like live better. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think a lot of the time we do talk more about sameness yeah. or staying the same rather than uh, bro- uh, bro- reaching out into the uncertain and kind of giving it a go, having a little change. So, I mean, I don't know how familiar I am. Uh, one of the reasons, you know, I know that you reprimand me a lot because I don't have a completely <laughs> fixed schedule and it stresses you out because it impacts on your life yeah but i think like i i do prefer something that is constantly changing rather than just staying the same but and and i think that that is inherent in the alien oliver show the alien oliver show because the show is in a way about friendship yeah and it's also about uh, a sort of well it's not about but i suppose a certain type of pop philosophy comes into it and this week i was reading a book by mary p nicholson yeah uh, she's an american she was writing about uh, platonic dialogue and and the dialogue the lysis which is about friendship and she draws a parallel or she says that plato draws a parallel between philosophy and friendship as being a continuous process of acquisition and release mm. so you never own it you never yeah. own a friend you never own philosophy but you're constantly like in this flux yeah. A bit like Heraclitus, right? Our friend Heraclitus. Well, you can never step into the never same river. Never step rhythm. in the same river twice. Well, that's really interesting because it's the way that like, you think you've learned something and you're feeling really smart and really clever at a particular moment. But the next day you can just wake up and just feel terrible again and just feel like you've forgotten it all because it just flows in and out, doesn't it? And mm. you flow through these like moments of feeling really concise and like really like you know what you're thinking and what you're doing and it's gone again and well it's a habit right you do you do begin to get into habits and habits of thinking as well i'm not just talking about habits of action because i suppose if we're thinking about change yeah and because we're in scotland we're in edinburgh and i think we should celebrate something scottish i guess we should chuck in a bit of david hume okay we talked about hume before but let's just shout hume out because obviously hume had a good old go at talking about the idea of induction and how actually you know so, for example, we think that the sun rises every day, but it's actually just that we experience the sun rising every day. And if one, d- one day 
the laws of nature could completely change and we'd wake up and the sun wouldn't rise. That's my uh, that's my <laughs> summation of induction. But is that correct? It's like the Every time sun, we experience it, it, yeah. So we just it's a series of impressions, and after a while, we begin to put all of those impressions into an idea. Mm. We've definitely talked about Hume on the show before, actually. But the reason I've been cracking him in today is just because he's Scottish. Is he from Edinburgh, Hume? Um, yeah. I, I think, think we should so. celebrate something specifically Edinburghian. But there's lots of uh, Enlightenment philosophers from this great country of this Scotland. This lovely country there? of Scotland. So I think, I guess we're talking about two ideas of change in a way. We're talking about this idea of constant flux that maybe is just naturally occurring but then i think i want to contrast that with the idea of like deliberately quite dramatic change or like just deliberately meddling with something Mm. like because i think um well my dad bernard oh hello bernard he's very opposed to all ideas of change like you have to sort of just gently persuade him into things um and he's actually a member of this society which is i can't believe it even exists actually but it's it's called the weights and measures society and it's almost campaigning to go back to imperial (laughs) measurements well i don't understand i think there's much point in that because actually the metric measurements are like the measurements that are used by like the standard mathematical equations and how you work out physical laws and things. Anyway, Bern is part of that thing. Um, but I think people just like to be sticklers. They like yeah. to feel a bit of antagonism. Well, that's what Bern is like. And the, he's like resistant to change, to antagonise. But but that's different to this idea of kind of deliberately mend- meddling. If I can see someone deliberately trying to change something for for which is going to have negative consequences... For who? For you? I guess I'm thinking <laughs> about policy changes. Okay. I know it's kind of a bit boring for you, Oliver, but I got really annoyed yesterday. I just like to vent this anger. I know that no, vent you're it, not vent going it. to be able to um, relate to any, any of what I'm saying. Well, let's probably. see how I relate to <laughs> it. See how you can relate to this. This Maybe guy I've changed. called Bradley Wiggins. Have you heard of him? Yeah, he's got uh, hair like Paul Weller, right? Yeah, and he's a champion cy- oh, yeah, cyclist. Oh, bags of stuff recently. And yeah, he won the Tour de France and then he actually went and won a gold medal yeah. in the Olympics. So well done to Bradley Wiggins, okay? But he used that platform of success to go on... Well, I heard him on the radio. Like, Is he a bit of a scally? I don't know. He looked like a bit of a scally. He's, he's got, got some chest tattoos. Yeah, he has a chest tattoo just like yours, actually. <laughs> Um, but he went on the radio and he said, oh, it's terrible that cyclists are getting run over and stuff. What we need is to change policy to make it illegal for cyclists not to wear a helmet. So what he's advocating is a change of policy. Mm-hmm. But I think that what he's advocating is terrible because with that small change, he's criminalising... All of these people that cycle around without helmets on, and I'm one of them. And I think that there's a much... Yeah, it really surprises me that you don't wear a helmet, though. I do think it's ridiculous, considering the amount of... And it's not like you're the type of girl that's going to worry that it's ruining your hair. I really don't understand why you don't wear a helmet. Because I... Make a big fuss of wearing that big coat. My cycling uh, 
protect well it's all about prevention rather than protection because the thing that needs to change is drivers attitudes to cars and the only way that they're going to change is drivers attitudes to bikes sorry drivers attitudes to bikes <laughs> the only way they're going to change is if they can empathize more with cyclists and the only way they're going to do that if cycling facilities are improved and more and more people are encouraged to cycle that's what bradley wiggins should have been advocating not criminalizing loads of cyclists mm. that just getting on with their lives so anyway i just wanted to vent that because he used his public platform of winning the gold medal um to voice his opinion so i thought i'd use my public platform Good. Show live from edinburgh art festival to come back at it but oliver you're right we should we should play we should a, song, a song and then we should carry on with a conversation I'd like to say something about another actually do you know what I'd love to talk about while we're on the subject of Bradley Wiggins <laughs> I would love to talk about the Scottish School of Common Sense Philosophy it sounds oh I'm no, a really big that. fan yeah, really big fan talk, should we talk about that yeah maybe we'll throw a bit of cant uh, in and we do have a new oh, yeah. feature oh my god a new feature coming out after the song and the okay. song is my song yeah, I think so. Okay, I was looks like it. I was in a massive flat trying to sort out the technical problems. I wanted to play, I was thinking I could play Changes by David Bowie, but that would just be too cheesy, so I'm going to play an actual David Bowie song that I like. So here we go. <coughs>
Okay, hiya, so my name's Oliver Braid and you're listening to the Ellie and Oliver Show and we're live from Edinburgh Arts Festival with Woo. my pal Ellie Harrison doing a woo there. So yeah, just before the break, uh, we said that we might talk a little about the Scottish School of Common Sense Philosophy. Sounds amazing. Uh, and one of the guys that I'm a real big fan of from that school is Thomas Reed. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas it. Reed. What I really like about Thomas Reed, right, is that when Hume was talking about induction mm-hmm. and the problem that actually, like on a day-to-day basis, People don't just go about uh, uh, speculating about metaphysics, you know, because they have to do lots of other things that are just like, you know, they have to... (laughs) um, And so Hume sort of enthuses on this. He says, look, when I go out into the world as well, I I just think about stuff like the ordinary man as well. And so what Thomas Reed does is say that the way Hume treats his philosophy is a bit like a hobby horse. Uh, where he can ride it at home till his heart's content, but if he took it out into the world, then he'd be arrested or people wouldn't really trust him or they'd think that he was crazy. And so, be arrested like, if he didn't have a helmet on. He bl- well, hopefully, <laughs> in this neo-future that Bradley Wiggins rules over, <laughs> like some kind of ginger Paul Weller. <laughs> sexy, though. I thought he is quite sexy. Uh, so, yeah, Thomas Reed says this thing about the hobby horse, whereas, yeah, the Scottish Common Sense f- School offer a sort of philosophy that takes into account that people have to live day by day. Um, uh, They're obliged to take for granted certain things. And I got this from a lecture by Dan Robinson at Oxford. And so he gives the example, if we go out into our car in the morning, not that we would, obviously, but our car didn't work, we wouldn't assume that the laws of nature have changed or that the laws of the internal combustion engine had changed. We'd just assume there was something wrong with the car, which is common sense philosophy. Right. I guess. And I think Scotland uh, does that very well, actually. Yeah. Like, I, I'd say that's like a lot of Scottish people that I know are very good at common sense. Is, how does that relate to pragmatism? Um, well, I was very, yeah, pragmatic phenomenology was the other thing that I've been thinking about this week, which is a term from Alan Capro. Uh, and it's just like a sort of a, a kind of phenomenology that is based in um, the real world and accepting that things aren't just really straightforward and can't just be, I guess, um, extrapolated upon and then you understand something from that like you actually just live life which is an uncertain experience yeah and i think that that's a pragmatic approach well we did certainties didn't we we did do certainties one of my favorite shows yeah because i think that and and when you think back to it like routine and the idea of not changing routine is to to try to create some sort of certainty because we're continuing in in this state of flux because i can have the exact same day every day for a week which mm. I do do quite often but some days I'll just be in the studio and I'm just cannot work and yeah. it's just like because your body feels different or like maybe you've just been eating the wrong things didn't get enough sleep or something and it can be the exact same day you've gone through the exact same routine but you're just feeling you're not feeling it yeah and I think, but I think if you were practicing a sort of pragmatic phenomenology yeah <laughs> then it wouldn't be such because actually it would change your belief system and you know we listened to that great podcast by Jules Evans where he says like the reason that yeah. we find things stressful is because things begin to transgress this belief system that we've set up for ourselves and so actually like yeah if we were more accepting the fact that things are in flux and even like yeah if we don't keep a regimented diet and a regimented sleep pattern like it's actually okay but we just have to be able to deal with the consequences but of those changes about, um regimented diets mm-hmm. We are just about to launch into another regular feature. So this is a change to the Ellie and Oliver show 
format. It's we have a new be, feature. Oh, I'm so excited. Can we just play the jingle with the shortlist? Right. Can we just do a big shout Let's out do it for the shortlist? Because she did these jingles for us for Edinburgh Art Festival and we love them. Let's play the jingle. Check and out. It's Falafel Friday, it's Falafel Friday, live from the pavilion, yeah. yeah. Woo! I think you heard that. It's Falafel Friday, and that means that this Friday, <laughs> and every Friday for the next five weeks, is Falafel Friday. And this is, um, y- if you listened diligently to the show Ideas, that's when we came up with all of the ideas that we are planning to do at Edinburgh Art Festival that we're now beginning to live out in reality one of them was to use our lunch expenses <laughs> um from the arts festival to sample a different falafel at a different takeaway restaurant somewhere in the city each friday afternoon so what we were planning to do today will be our first one and we're going to go to an old favorite i my absolute favorite we thought that we would start with the bar very, very high. This is at the place Palmyra. Apparently it is the best falafel shop in Edinburgh. It's on Nicholson Street. Um, and what we wanted to do is to give a shout out to the restaurant. Hey, shout out Palmyra. And if anybody is listening, you can come and join us. Come and have lunch with us. It's 20, 20 Nicholson Street, just opposite the park. And it is really amazing. It's a very generous Normally falafel. on a Friday, we're going to be broadcasting at 12, which mm-hmm. is obviously the time that we normally broadcast. Today we had to delay it because of technical issues to 12.30. So what time are we going to be in the Falafel Place, Oliver? Well, I guess probably we'll be in Falafel Places for one, usually, but it might be a bit later today. It's Do you think half one, should we say, today or no? I think it's going to be quarter two. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe, because we haven't got that... Should we say between half one and between quarter Between half two? one and quarter to two, we'll be eating falafel. You're welcome to join us and discuss Next the qualities. Next week, we can finalise the time a bit better. But yeah, the idea is the Friday Falafel Lunch Club. So it's an open call to anyone who wants to come and sample Edinburgh's best falafels and to see if we can beat the Palmyra, the Palmyra standard. Falafel. And then the idea is that on the fifth week, which is Friday the 31st of August, when we have our Alien Oliver afternoon special. With our pal Nacha Sayage from Art Stars. Special Yay! guest coming all the way from Berlin, which is totally exciting. We're going to get the winning falafel place to cater. So, and those falafels will be free. They'll be going out to whoever Whoa. comes to the oh disco Lord, that out. afternoon for free on the 31st of August. So put that in your diaries now. Um, so... We're kind of just about wrapping up, Oliver. Yeah, I suppose I might just introduce the final song, Ellie, unless you've got anything else that you want to throw in, because we're actually on quite perfect timing. Yeah. Well, I did really want to talk about Gertie and Gus, which I don't think I'm going to have time for, but it's the storybook that um, my mum used to read me when I was really little, and it was this fable. It's these two bears, and they lived in a little shack by the sea. And... um, Basically, my mum says it now as a bit of a Marxist storybook, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> but there's Gert and Gus, they're married, and Gus goes fishing in his little boat, and Gert keeps pushing him and pushing him and pushing him to upgrade his equipment and to start employing staff so he can catch more and more and more fish. Oh. And the phrase that she uses continually to persuade him is, the change will do you good, the change will do you good. And as he becomes more and more high-powered and more and more successful, becomes more and more depressed and unhappy. No, I can't believe that this is a children's storybook. And then at the point 
where he's running a whole fish restaurant and he's cooking, c- he's catching like um, nets and nets and nets full of fish every morning. He's bringing it all in and s- uh, Gertie's s- uh, serving it all up in the restaurant. And um, he li- then he leaves. He walks out on Gertie. No way. Yeah, he walks out on Gertie and he goes back to the hut. He doesn't become homosexual, does he? Because <laughs> that would have been the perfect... The perfect ending, <laughs> obviously. No, but he goes back to the hut, and then the next day he's just out in his fish boat, a fish fish boat on his own, and Gertie comes, and they realise that all of that change had actually torn them apart. Mm. So the moral of the story is the change doesn't always do you good. Well, no. And that they went back to their old life, the simple life, and they were much much happier. So I recommend mm. anyone to check that book out. But anyway, I'll nice over to you. And okay, cool. So I'm just going to play out on the last song, but I wanted to say like. I know, for the first half of this year, right, I've been talking or alluding quite often to a certain person that has had an impact on my uh, mental health. Yeah, good. And 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 also, I should say that I do I often feel it. very paranoid about predicting change because I think it might... You can never tell if it's going to really happen. But I do sort of... I am beginning to feel a change in myself. I almost sent this person a text message last night. Oh God. But then I just stopped myself and I just good. thought, what on earth? So, I mean, I feel like maybe I'm entering a different phase, but I'm worried about predicting it because you never know if it's going to happen. But fingers crossed it will. I'm choosing another street song today. I've actually already played one earlier in the year, but I I really like this one a lot. And I always wanted an occasion to play it in public because I just think it's beautiful. I've had to cut it in half because it's about eight minutes long. Um, It's the conclusion to the album from the album A Grand Don't Come For Free. And so the first half of the song, which I've cut off, is like a kind of negative version of uh, events that end the story. And then the track rewinds and makes a rewind song sound. And then it goes into this slightly more reworked positive spin on things. And I think that that's a really nice way to end. I will be seeing you next Friday. Hopefully we'll be seeing you this afternoon in Palmyra Falafel Shop, 20 Nicholson Street. Um, so that's all from me, Oliver Braid. And that's all from me, Ellie Harrison. Let's get out and eat falafels. Hey, bye-bye. Bye. If I want to sit in and drink super tenants in the day, I will. No one's going to fucking tell me, Jack. But can you rely on anyone in this world? No, you can't. It's all my fault there's wall-to-wall empty cans. I sat in the kitchen all fucked off, imagining over and over what they were all doing behind my back. Dodgy things going on, actions I regretted. A stained bottle with a pipe and tin foil on the mat. Scott texted me to say he'd have a look at the TV for me. And I felt like just telling him to fuck right off chat. But what he said about wanting to do the right thing by both mates and then opting to stay out... It seemed to match But I sold him he could make it up by fixing the TV He said that's the least he could do to square things flat I thought that'd be that but then the next bit was mad This is where everything started to all turn back the end of something I did not want to end Beginning of hard times to come But something that was not meant to be This is the start of what was 
He had to unscrew about 15 screws before he could pull the panel off the back to get in the fecking thing. But just as he did so, he said he saw something that slipped inside behind the panel, down the back of it. Must have been some leaflets or a bill maybe. I didn't want to lose the bill in case it was a final warning. So we both tried to get the back off and work out if there are any more screws to get out or if we left any in. And when he looked down the back of the TV, his eyes just froze before he rammed his hand in, saying, No shit! He's looking at me absolutely speechless. He can't quite believe what he's trying to pull out the slip. I get up wondering what he's smiling about. He's shaking his head at this point with the biggest of grins. I look down the back of the TV and that's where it was, in all its glory. A thousand quid. End of something I did not want to end. Beginning of hard times to come. But something that was not meant to be is done. And this is the start of what was. About two this afternoon, the last of the people left my house because they never stopped chatting till all the racket's gone. I really feel like things clicked into place at some point or maybe it's the fact that me and Alison really got on. Or maybe it's that I realise that it is true. No one's really there fighting for you in the last garrison. No one except yourself, that is. No one except you. You are the one who's got your back to the last deeds done. Scott can't have my back to the absolute end. He's got to look out for what over his horizon He's got to make sure he's not lonely, not broke It's enough to worry about keeping his own head above I shut the door behind me, huddled up in my coat Condensation floating off my breath, squinted out the sun My jeans felt a bit tight, I think I washed them too high I was going to be late, so I picked up my pace to run End of something I did not want to was not meant to be is done and this is the start of what was it's the end of something I did not want to end beginning of hard times to come but something that was not meant to be is done and this the start of what was the end of something I did not want to end beginning of hard times to come but something that was not meant to be is done and this is the start of what was End of something I did not want to end Beginning of hard times to come But something that was not meant to be is done And this is the start of what was Coming live from a shack Live from Edinburgh Festival 